The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hi, and welcome to 5G Talent Talk. I'm your host, Carrie Charles, and it's so good to see you today. Thanks for joining me. And I am very excited to have with me the founder and CEO of Strategic Venue Partners, Justin Marin. Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. So excited to learn about SVP. But let's first start with you because you have uh, an interesting journey and path to how you got into telecom. So tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, no, thank you. You know, I initially worked in finance in New York City. And the joke was always, you know, if the windows opened, I would have jumped out, <laughs> you know, because it was just <laughs> so miserable and it just wasn't me, right? I learned a lot from very smart people, but I knew I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to be in the recurring cash flow business, you know, and I had a friend that had a ton of real estate and they continued to have a ton of real estate. And I liked the concept of building infrastructure, creating recurring cash flow, and then moving on to the next one while you still make money from the last one. And so... I set down that path and that journey to go do that. And I quickly realized where I am in the Northeast at the time, you know, you have all these REITs, you have all these private, you know, I'm in Greenwich now, all these guys here on every mall and building you're going to manage, manage, imagine. And I thought about cell towers. And this was in like early 2000s, like kind of right after yeah. school. And I recall, I joke about this all the time, but I had a fraternity brother when we were in college and none of us had cell phones really. I mean, they were around, but we didn't have them, right? Like smart people had cell phones, like doctors, lawyers, you know, important people, I should say. And this kid had a cell phone, right? And this kid had nothing going on, right? And he's from Missouri and his parents are both very successful people. And they gave him a cell phone because they wanted to keep tabs on the kid, right? And they were paying an extraordinary amount of money back then, you know, monthly fees to have a cell phone for this guy. And it occurred to me, like, if he's got a cell phone, everybody's going to have cell phones, right? Like it's going to run through business and people are going to want to be in touch with their parents and their kids, et cetera. And so I started digging into and how, and like what area would he play in? You know, it wasn't going to be, we weren't going to create technology. So what's like the dumbed down version, you know, like the infrastructure side, right? Can we build cell towers? Well, we're cell towers. Are they hard to build? Are they hard to get permitted? And then you start looking at the model, of the cell tower, and it, it's a fantastic model, right? If you think about a mall, you build a mall, but you have tenants, they have air conditioning, water, they have complaints, right? You build a cell tower, no one's calling you complaining that the heat's not working, right? right. And, and once they're built and up and operated and going, you move on. You know, you make sure the lawn's cut, the power's there, and it's, it's not in the plow if you're ever in the Northeast or, or in a cold climate, you know, that the, the snow is plowed. But it was an excellent business 20 years ago. It still continues to be. But I mean, I was permitting cell towers in the days of having people show up to zoning meetings literally going up the microphone saying we were radiating their kids and their cats and like, you know, everybody's going nuts. And like, that's how long ago I was doing cell towers. So, and it turned out to be a great business. We built the portfolio up, we sold that off and then really kind of segued into doing renewable energy. We started building wind turbines 
throughout the Midwest. So this Jersey kid was building tons of wind turbines from Texas through through Minnesota, and then really in the Pacific Northwest through like Southeast California. And what we were doing was, it was a similar skill set. We we're following the tax incentive dollars, right? So you had federal mm-hmm. tax incentive, incentives, you had uh, state and local incentives. So we built that up. And while we were doing a lot of wind with a lot of the largest investment banks out there, we saw need in solar, right? So wind was very central plains directed, right? Where nobody really is. You have these giant wind turbines. And then we got into solar because the price per, per watt started coming greatly down. And we started building solar and that was mostly coastal, right? Where you have like state incentive driven again, primarily on the East Coast and West Coast, nothing really in the Midwest. Did a lot of business there with a lot of Goldman Sachs and, and Blackstone, you name it, right? And it was very successful. And while I was sitting there doing that, I kept thinking to myself, I want to do something that's national. I want to get back into wireless. There's an opportunity in the enterprise market. And there's an opportunity on like how to really develop the enterprise market in wireless because the old, old methodology of doing it just didn't make sense. And so we formed SVP and I've had the same partner for 20 years. <laughs> You've met Chad, right? And we couldn't be two different people if we tried, but we worked right. well together. Right. And through our experiences, you know, we brought people with us through all these companies. And so there's a very home feeling to a lot of the people here because we've done a lot together throughout the years. And we launched this and, you know, Tiger Infrastructure Partners gave us our shot. And uh, I know we'll get into the differences of why and who we are and what we're doing, but we're excited. We're really excited about the future of this space and our company. Yes. And I'm excited too. I remember when I met you years ago and I think we had uh, Connect X and it was years ago and you told me about SVP and I was like, gosh, we need to tell this story. And that was a few years ago. So here we are. I'm excited to tell your story. So yes, who is Strategic Venue Partners, SVP? What do you do? Who do you serve? And uh, I know that you have a unique business model and I really want to hear about that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at SVP, you know, we are delivering on demand-driven opportunity for critical infrastructure in the enterprise space, right? We design, build, finance, own, operate, in-building wireless infrastructure. We do a DAS, wireless LAN, CBRS, fiber, IPTV, public safety systems, anything that we kind of view as a wireless utility, even though fiber is not, in an in-building environment, that's what we're going after. Our customers are both public and private. There are obviously a lot of verticals to cover in the in-building, you know, from residential to office, et cetera. We focus in on a few areas. We're big into healthcare, hospitality, education, even retail. We have a large mall mall portfolio. But our core value prop is delivering all-inclusive turnkey wireless infrastructure as a holistic managed service, right? We're changing OpEx, CapEx to OpEx. We're using the best OEMs and the best integrator partners and distributor partners to do this. And we have a view of this, which differs from the market, where we look at the long-term technology needs of these enterprises. That was definitely part of the genesis of us. So part of the genesis was like, how do you go build out this infrastructure differently from what the traditional 3PO's have been doing it? But then also, how do you future-proof something, right? Because Mm -hmm. sure as we're talking now, technology will change, right? Like we used to have to do this in person. (laughs) You know, you're now in beautiful Florida. I'm in freezing Connecticut and we're hosting an interview, right? Doing this together. So we're not just like, when we think about our partners and our systems, it's not just about today, right? It's about how do we do this for a long period of time and how do we get people to buy into that? You know, when they look at us, they're like, why are you different? And we're like, well, we're here today, but we have a long-term agreement. And when we leave, your system is going to be just as good when we leave, you know, as when we got here. And that hasn't been the case, right? In the enterprise space, People build systems and they move on, right? Like the cell towers, right? Like, you know, you build a cell tower and you move on. 
this is different. This you'll need constant upgrades and management and monitoring and maintenance. And if I owned, I put myself in their seat, right? Yeah. If I'm the CIO of a hospital chain, I have to deliver ubiquitous technology and coverage amongst all my hospitals or my medical office buildings. It has to be seamless, right? Because I have the same system I have in my hospital as I do at that, that ambulatory service. And I need to think about my budgeting. I need to think about how am I going to cover all my locations at once, right? And if you're a carrier or if you're a 3PO, right, with 3PO being the carriers paying for that that system, okay. yeah, they care about the places that they should care about, where the highest foot traffic is, right? So their interests aren't wholly aligned, right? And that's kind of where we fill that gap, where we think we align all the interests at the table. And we're big believers in that. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But we feel we have the right solution, not just for the wireless carriers, but for the enterprises and us, you know, we sit down and say, here, the three of us are at the table together. You know, the carriers are a part of it. We're a part of it. And the enterprise is a part of it. And we like to make sure everybody's interests are aligned in order to, to create a successful partnership. So the enterprise space has in-building enterprise space has changed over the past few years and especially the past two years. And I know there's been a lot of companies really trying to, you know, to figure out the model and the strategy. So where are the opportunities now? And yeah. as we move forward in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's a good question, right? And so I think when we launched this, the concept was you're not going to go out and compete in the tower markets, right? I mean, there's not going to be a ton of growth there. There'll be a change out with, with 5G and stuff, but you, you can't compete in that space, right? You think about, you know, your friend Mark Gansey, right? And what they've done at Digital Colonies. Insane, right? How, how fast and big they've grown. You think about the fact that American Tower is the largest REIT in the world. Not the largest tower REIT in the world right? The largest REIT in the world. That's nuts, right? So like you have these massive companies that are so well-banked and so well-capitalized and they're great at what they do, right? They own hundreds of thousands of cell towers. It's a great business. For a company like ours, and we're startup to where we are now, you know, we wanted to focus on the enterprise space because the, we believe the real growth for groups like us is here. I mean, in the tower space, you're not going to have like an 80% lease up rate, right? And if you think about how much infrastructure that needs to be built out in the in-building space, it is a huge number, right? And the carriers can't do it, right? The carriers can't fund all that. They have to worry about their macro networks, which aligns kind of with the 3PO's, right? Like they look to the carriers to help fund their systems. And so we came to the table with a capital solution and a technology solution where we'd sit down with enterprises and say, here's another way to do it. Do our managed service, join us. You know, we'll put up all the capital, we'll build, design it, own and operate it. There's a phrase that a lot of people talk about that we use here and really prosecute. And that's like, wireless is the fourth utility, right? I'm sure you've mm -hmm. heard this, right? You have yeah. water, electric, yeah. cable. I mean, that's something we preach, right? Because it is. Like, you do surveys of folks and they say, could you go to the, your office without electricity? Maybe if you have a laptop, right? Could you go without water? Probably. Could you go without heat if it's not cold? Sure. People won't give up their wireless phones, right? Like, they're like, I can sit at my desk and work if I have my cell phone, right? I have connectivity and I can answer emails and everything else. So it's such a big part of business today, you know, that we feel like we have the right offering for it. So, so important what you're saying. In fact, I just experienced this today and I'm having a problem here in our new office building that, and, and again, my cell service was fine before I, when I signed the lease, right? But now we can't talk on, there's three of us that cannot use our cell phones here. And you'll find us like we're wandering around the office saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? It's just ridiculous. And, yeah. and it is so important because I don't want to use a desk phone when I'm here. I want my cell phone. So everyone has my number. Everyone has my, you know, my clients have, they can text me anytime. And this is an urgent need, right? Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right for us to, as just as humans to be able to communicate and have that ability to have connection anywhere 
at any time. So I love what you're saying. So let's talk a little bit about CBRS. And the use cases, I know that you have a CBRS system installed. I don't know, maybe you have more than that, but what are some of the use cases and then how do you monetize it? I know that you're successful in this area. Yeah, we're getting there. The the, the joke I make with everybody with CBRS, it's like, if you are around in the 2000s, like it's like the internet, right? Like everybody knows they want it, right? They want to try and make money off of it. No one figured it out for 10, 15 years, or no, I guess a little less than that. And so I think CBRS, we do have CBRS systems. It's part of our offering. We're big fans of it. I know there are companies out there that specifically do that in commercial real estate, right? And, and that, that's not really our space, but I know they're, they're doing it well. For us, we have it in our healthcare facilities. We have it in our gaming resorts, places, and, and hospitality. The thought with that is a couple of areas. One, they're using it to, to run their management systems over it. They're taking systems away from Wi-Fi, right? It's more secure than Wi-Fi, and so they're using it there. We're also finding in like our really high-trafficked resort type of areas that the carriers are going to use it too, right? So it's got multiple benefits. I don't know if people are selling anything off of it yet, you know, but they'll figure it out, right? It's something that's needed. And that's, again, part of like the, the ether of, of SVP. You have, we're talking about CBRS. Nobody was talking about CBRS six years ago, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody even knew what the hell yeah. it was, right? And so part of our offering is like, whatever the technology is available, we'll make sure you have it because as sure as we're sitting here, you know, technology will change again. And there'll be something cool that'll come out in a couple of years that people are going to want. And so if you're locked in some old type of offering, it's not going to be there for you. Whereas with, with SVP, you know, we always move and make sure you have it. And so, yeah, so we have it. I think we have the largest one in Las Vegas, uh, if not the largest in the country for gaming. So it's coming online and they're using it and they're excited about it. Wow. So ever since I met you and I talked about your, you know, the company that when you first started out and what you were building and you know, your leadership, your culture. I mean, it was just really something cool and unique. And can you talk a little bit about the company culture that you are building or that you have at SVP? Yeah, the culture is a huge thing. It's something we work on here all the time. And like when I was younger, I didn't get it. You know, I was like, what do you mean culture? Like, who cares? But like, it matters at the end of the day. And like, the reality is like, we're with each other here more than we're really with our loved ones, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> and it's crazy. I'm like, not to say you have to like love everybody you work with or even like them that much, but you do spend time with them, you know? And, and so when we recruit folks, we go through your normal process, but we also like ask ourselves like, is this someone I want to hang out with? You know, is this someone I want to spend my days and nights with? And so I think that's a, that's a big part of it. And like for us, we're like a hard charging group of people. Like, you know, we definitely punch way above our weight class as a company. We're small. We do massive deals. We compete with the largest REITs out there and that have been winning, you know, and part of that's the culture of the folks like believing that we can do it, having the right people to be able to, to prosecute our plan and our mission. But culture is big. And like, I think also like talking about our mission, like within here, it's not just the people. It's not just like wanting to be with them. It's also, you know, here's our goals. Here's our strategy. Like, this is your part of that strategy, you know, pull your weight. And if you need help, ask for it, you know, like, because everybody here is incentivized really to, to create the most enterprise value of our firm. And so we want everybody here to be working for the greater good. And of course, like, you know, they're all going to make well money along the way, great money along the way. You know, like, it's, it's not like that, but everybody has got to be clear eyed on the mission, you know, and the strategy and who's doing what. I think that's very important. You know, and Justin, one thing that I've always thought was so smart that you did is that you value talent. And, you know, you understand the worth 
of talent and the worth of people and especially in this market today so you've always done that you're like look it's all about the person right the right person and it's not like you walk into and and, you know we do business together and and you don't walk into a conversation with me and say all right i have x amount of dollars and that's it to spend now go find the person so we've always had conversations of this is who i'm looking for and then let's talk from there and and i love that because you're looking for like you said the right person who has that drive that energy that excitement that mission-driven purpose-driven person who's going to jump out of bed and wants to make a lot of money and i just think that's the right way to do it so i've always honored that with you yeah no it has to be right so like when you're looking for talent like you want people that take the initiative Right. So we think about a few things. I think about people that take the initiative and get it done. We always talk about problem solvers. Like we want people here, like if a problem comes up, solve it. You know, like, and if you need help, we'll help you. Right. But they have to be the initiative. They have to be right from the cup from the right cloth. Right. And this is good and bad. And I'll tell you why, because we hire a lot in our own ilk. Like we meet people, we look at them like, okay, this person's like, we like subconsciously hire people that are more like us, which is good because we all get along. We all work in a certain direction. Sometimes it's bad because we're not getting a different perspective, right? We're like everybody's kind of singing the same tune, you know? And so we're mindful of that. And as we've been growing, we've been thinking about, okay, we need some different, you know, people here, you know, that are different. Right. But, but you have women in leadership. So you do uh, have no, that. No, no. So. We have the best woman in leadership, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> and, and even though she beats me up all the time, she's awesome. I mean, she's yeah. an amazing person. Right, right. Um, So what is that? And I know you talked a little bit about it, but let's dig in a little further of that DNA of an SVP team member. Like, what is that DNA? And you know, when you're talking to someone like this is what this is the person who's really going to be able to to join us on our rocket ship and, and make our mission happen. I have a perfect example. So one of the guys that runs our operations over here has worked with me for the past eight years through a couple companies. He's a lawyer from NYU, right? He's an investment banker. Okay. And when we started this company, we had, um, this is how they think, right? We had paid a group to go build a website for us. And I'll never forget this. I came in the office. He was reading a book on coding. Like I walked by his office. He was reading a book on coding. I'm like, this kid's off the charts. Like, why is he reading about coding? He's like, he's a lawyer, you know, and like he's here to structure deals and everything else. And so I'm like a couple hours later, I noticed our website was down and I walked over to him. I'm like, Hey, someone on their website, you call those guys. And he's like, I took it down. I'm redoing it. And I said, what? You know, I'm like, we just paid a marketing group to do our website, you know, it's not this iteration, right. the prior one. And he's like, I just didn't like it. I thought it could be better. And like, this is the type of initiative, you know, like that they, the people just take here. And we love that. We love that, you know, and again, it's not Sforte, you know, he's a, he's a lawyer, right? And he's like, <laughs> he wanted to fix this problem and he did. And so, so like, I love that thought process. I love persistent people. Like if you're a nine to five person, you're not for us. You're just not, you know what I mean? Like we work hard, we get paid accordingly. We're all pulling in the right direction. I think another thing, we hired a new executive. I'll talk to you about him in a little bit. But I think another thing is there's like, there's no task too great, but there's also no task beneath you, right? Like if you have to get something done, it doesn't matter if you have a law degree, you know, like do it, right? And kind of lead by example and do that. So that's another big part of what we think about when we hire people. You know, the other thing that comes to mind with you is you're a big thinker and I know, quite a few people that are on your team that are also big thinkers. And I think that's exciting for people, right? They come aboard and they're like, wow, this is, you know, going to that next level and thinking bigger and and going to places I've never gone before. So it's a lot of fun. And let me ask you this, what strategies, I know talent's hard to find right now. We know that we get it, heard it a million times. What strategies are you using right now that are working for you to find talent? 
and maybe to retain it. Yes. So look, we use the best recruiting firm out there in Broadstaff. Plug for Broadstaff. You know, I think a couple of things. We share a vision with people, right? So like we sit down and say like, this is where we're going. We're all invested, right? So like, not just time-wise, capital-wise. Like we all have our own money into this too, you know? And so that's another important part of like, here's our vision. We're in this till the end, right? And if you want to come with us, like this is the direction we're going. Do you think you can add value? Like, do you think you can add value? And if you can add value, you're going to make money, right? And you're going to make a lot of money. If you don't think you can add value and if you don't like walk around and be like, okay, I think I can hang with these people, then don't come, right? And we can try and weed that out as early as possible in any sort of process. Obviously, from a comp perspective, we try and be as competitive as possible. I think, you know, you have your standard base, short-term, long-term type of stuff. And we align interests there very easily because the truth is like our company is going like this, right? So there's a ton of, of, of opportunity for people to really to make money if they can add value, if they're the right person, you know, if they're problem solvers, if they're persistent and if they buy in, you know? And the other thing that we like to think about is that we're open, right? Like we don't know everything. So like we hire people and they come in here and, and the first thing I tell them is, you know, we're all like-minded and we've been doing something similarly for a while. If you have experience from somewhere else, and you know to do something better than we're doing it, open your mouth, right? And tell mm-hmm. us why and how, and we'll pivot. One of the benefits of being a smaller size company versus a REIT is we're not a massive oil tanker that can't turn quickly, right? Like we can pivot and move if that's the right thing we need to be doing. And so we're open for all that too. And I think people like that. I think they, they think they like the ability to help, you know, we're very malleable, right? To help shape the future of the company. And if they're right, <laughs> you know, and we'll take a shot on it, you know, and see how it goes. You know, Justin, that's one of the number one things that people want these days in a company is a voice. They yeah. want to know that they make a difference, that they, you know, th- that they can actually be involved in strategy and, and that their voice matters, their opinion matters, and that they're part of the actual building of the organization. So I think that that is, and again, yes, you walk your talk there and you do that. So that's uh, absolutely fantastic. You're as a leader, okay, Justin Marin as a leader, and I do have an enormous res- amount of respect for you as a leader. So talk a little bit about who you are as a leader and are there any principles that you stand by or, you know, this is, you know, this is what I believe to be a great leader and this is who I am. I think a couple of things. One is you have to be persistent. If you have a mission, you believe in the mission, you think it's the right thing to do, you're going to run into roadblocks, right? I mean, you just will. You just have to keep going forward and be persistent and say like, I am prosecuting this plan. This is my business plan. This is the idea. I know it's going to work. I'm going to keep going, right? And so like get on the train and let's go. Like for me, I have a big mouth. I'm very open <laughs> and direct. You know, like there's no politics, especially like our size, like our mid-sized company. There's no BS. There's no politics, right? Like everything is very open kimono about what we do and who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. I think it's important from a leadership perspective to really be clear-eyed on the mission, tell people what their parts are so they can prosecute their part of that mission. And, and if they need help, ask for it and we'll all pull together, right? When you go from startup to midsize, I know you interview guys from REITs all the way down to brand new companies. My partner, Chad, likes to say this. It makes me laugh all the time. But like when you're starting a new company, it's like little kid soccer, right? The ball goes in the corner and the whole, both teams run into the corner to get the ball. And that's, okay. Yeah, that's okay when you're first starting off, right? But then like as you grow and you, and you get bigger, people have to stay in their lanes. Not to say that those don't, lanes don't overlap and people shouldn't be working together, but they should be in. We have matured a lot as a firm and gotten to where we've gotten to because now people are starting to 
settle in, right? Like people are doing what they're doing. And, and I think that's constant theme on myself as a leader and, and our folks that like, we always tell folks, as we grow, we'll be filling people under you, right? So you're going to have to learn how to lead and manage people. And part of that is, you know, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And you have to be direct and honest and open with your people of, this is what you need to do. And this is how we're measuring you. And oh, by the way, like, and this is how you're getting compensated for that, right? So if you get to that top or middle, here's how much you're going to make. And, and like that keeps people going, you know? Yes. What do you look for when you're hiring or promoting a leader? Again, like I think about a few things. I think about initiative. I think about persistent type people. I think about problem solvers. And I think about everybody who, there are some people that, that can't look past their nose, right? And then there's some people that look all the way down the road. And I, I think about people like that, like, okay, you're solving a problem for today, but like, you know, you have 20 steps still to go. How are you going to get there? That's a big part of it. And they have to be able to communicate up and down, right? I know you're a fan of EOS. We're big fans of, of EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. They have to be able to delegate and elevate, right? Within their teams. And sometimes you think about, and we've had this problem. We have this problem, right? We have such great people here that sometimes they get in the mindset of, well, I'll just do it because I know that I'm going to do it better than anybody else, right? And they will, right? That's true. But that doesn't help you scale, right? It doesn't help you grow where they can't kind of like duplicate themselves, right? And do more, you know, with their folks. So that's another part of it, being able to kind of loosen the rope up a little bit and say, here, here, you do this, right? I'll help you. But like, I'm putting this trust in you to get this done. And so when I think about like promoting people, that's definitely part of it. Can they manage people, right? Do they feel comfortable giving it up? And like, think about the best athletes in the world. It's why they're not coaches, right? Like think about Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Joe Montana. These guys never coached, right? Because they were the best at what they did and they could never give up that control. So manager and like best person at something sometimes aren't always synonymous, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And you just hired a leader, right? Yeah, we hired a new chief operating officer, Kevin Hetrick. Guy's awesome, right? I mean, we were so psyched to get him. We were, I'll say, pleasantly surprised that we, we were able to convince him to come join us. But again, like, here's a guy who's a top level executive at AT&T. Great life, right? He'd been there for 20 something years. We laid out our vision and said, like, here's how we're doing something different, right? And he was coming from the carrier side. And we said, this is how we plan on solving this problem in the enterprise market, right? And this is how we plan on incentivizing the carriers to be with us and incentivizing the enterprises to be with us. And he saw the vision and he's like, I can help, right? He's the type of person that's like, I can get in, I can help create enterprise value. I can make money doing it. And he bought into it. And, and we were like super excited to have a guy like that come here because not only does he have an entrepreneurial mind coming from a large you know, company like AT&T, but he'll be able to take those lessons learned, right? His years at AT&T and help us further institutionalize our firm, right? And yeah. so that was just a great guy. We're very, very excited about Kevin. What is your vision for SVP? Yeah. Maybe over the next three years. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, we're always looking, you know, into the future, right? Trying to take care right. of it. It's like, how do we get to the future? I mean, I think, Carrie, like, you know, the sky's the limit for what we're doing, honestly. I mean, there's just a tremendous amount of growth in this area. We have excellent partners from our sponsors originally with Tiger Infrastructure Partners. We have excellent debt lenders with us. So our capital needs are completely taken care of. And so we, they're looking at us saying, how big can you go? And now we have the right offer, right? Like our managed service offer for the fourth utility is the right thing and the right way to prosecute this. And I know we can continue to expand in our verticals that we're covering, the ones that we specifically, we dive into. I want you know, there's, I'll tell you the group in a second, but like, I want SVP to become like synonymous with like wireless infrastructure, right? So if you, if you have 
venues, like you want to go, okay, I'll go with SVP. There's a couple of healthcare management systems. It's eluding me right now because I was, I was just thinking about it. But like, they literally are the only ones that do this, like billing and management systems for hospitals. They take applications, right? <laughs> they don't even sell, <laughs> right? Like that's how great these guys are. I want to get there. That's a great. Yeah. It's awesome. Fill uh, an application. We'll see if we'll work with you. Of course, I'm talking about, so I can't think of who they are right yeah. now, but they don't even have like a sales force. Like they're okay. so synonymous in their space. That like multi-billion dollar enterprises apply to get their business. It's like, that's what I want to become. That would be the ultimate like achievement. That is great. That's great. So I assume that you're hiring. I think everybody's hiring and you are growing, like I said, like a rocket ship. So where can we find out more about uh, strategic venue partners, your website, maybe careers, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we have anything listed on our website. Um, We usually obviously like to work with you and just have you you tell you what (laughs) we're looking for. Just call me. (laughs) Exactly. No, hit our website, email us if you, if, you, if you have interest, you know, and we'll definitely respond, right? And we're always looking for salespeople, project management, construction management folks. I mean, there's just plenty of seats to fill. That being said, you know, if we find the right people, we make space for them, right? It's just that simple. Even if like there's not a specific need, if we find the right people, we create that need because like we talked about earlier, like talent is what drives these things, right? And we know we have the right offering. So you need the right people to help prosecute that in multiple different ways. So if we find the right people, we'll definitely respond. That was powerful right there. And if you find the right people, you make space for them. And I think in today's world that we're living in with talent, that we all need to think like that. And I just think that's absolutely brilliant. So Justin, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been a lot of fun. And I know that you're going to make All of those dreams come true. Everything is going to happen. It's on its way to happen right now. And I'm sure I'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Carrie. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.